Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, and shortly I will be joined by my co-host, Jeremy Dunn. Jack um, actually had to take the night off tonight. He had some um, something come up, and he had to uh, travel somewhere, so he will not be joining us. But Scott Kramer will be sitting in with us, and you all should be familiar with Scott. He usually sits in um, when one of the co-hosts is not able to make the show. Uh, so he's like our alternate host, so it's uh, always nice to have him back on and welcome him to the family. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about a few things, um, and we're going to first start the conversation about uh, safer sex and the practices that we need to take as people living with HIV to still have sex, because a lot of people believe that after we're diagnosed that we're are never going to be able to be in a relationship again or we're never going to be able to have that sexual relationship that we once had. So um, now I'm going to bring Jeremy on. Jeremy, how you doing? I'm fine. Great, great. How are I, you? I, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Oh, hey. Did you know that you can't repeat the same message too many times in in the um, in the chat room? No, I did not know that. I just got a note that says the same message cannot be repeated too many times. Interesting. Hmm. So, how anyway, was your week? It was good. It was good. I'm sorry I'm late. I was actually looking at condoms online. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um you know, kind of coincides with what we're talking about. So did you find anything good? I did. Jenna Jameson has her own brand of condoms. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Very interesting. But anyway, you asked how my week was. Um, my week was really crazy. Um my day job was just nuts, full of full of like very long, big meetings. It was, it was just a long week. And on top of that, I, um, as you know, I sit on the board for a local AIDS service organization, and I'm going to give them a shout-out, Regional HIV AIDS Consortium. Yo, regional, what's up? <laughs> and um, and uh, we had our second annual uh, home run 5K uh, run that went and benefited the um, – the, the org so we can uh, continue to do um, housing and and did um, you run I did not run uh, I, I, could, oh, I was God. wondering God. I was trying to picture I, that <laughs> I, I might run next year though mm-hmm. but uh, they had me come down and I got to uh, say a couple of words and get the runners off and then they also had me um, hand out awards afterwards so uh, it was it was great it was a That's lot of always fun, fun. And uh, we had some. We had one guy come in under 20 minutes, which is amazing wow. to me because I, I couldn't do three, three and a half miles in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be lucky to do that on a bike. But um, no, we had we had a great great time. So um, and uh, we had 32 runners. We'd like to get a little bit more next year. 
So everybody who's listening, and if you're in Charlotte, um, be sure to uh, sign up for our 5K run next next October, November timeframe. Now, is this so, the second year you said? This is the second time we've done it. Okay, so is it getting bigger since last year? No, it actually got re- people. Uh, well, the the other problem was is we didn't have we missed it by 22 people um, from oh, okay. last year's, but this year. The problem, you know, we had um, a few problems uh, behind it, and uh, you know, one being the economy. Um, people are being a little uh, tighter with their dollars, and um, so. Uh, but and and then on the second, the second thing is is that there were three other races that were going on on the same day. Yeah, there's so many things going on in October yeah. with it being Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And yep. I know my aunt was just at another walk today, and she said, you know, she did her walk. I don't remember the walk that she was on. Um, and she said the breast cancer walk was going on, like, at the same time, like, right yeah. on the same street. Yep. So it's always a real active, you know, time of the year in October, which brings me to um, this coming Sunday. The 18th is actually going to be the Philly AIDS walk. So if anyone out there is listening and is in the Philadelphia or is going to go be, be at the walk, um, you can contact me at Robert at Paz I M. We're, we're all registered as individuals, but we're going to walk together, you know, as a group and, and conversate and actually meet people. It's going to be, I think, this will be our second year. So I'm kind of excited about that because I know Teresa and Linda will be there. And actually, Jack will be there. I'm going to meet Jack. So that'll be fun. Meet Jack in person. Yeah, it'll be really cool because, you know, know what I mean? I think it'll be interesting, and I'll be able to take pictures, and then, you know, I'll be find a way to Photoshop you in there, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like Photoshop. a pipe going to, to help that's, me with that. That's but. Right. Well, I, I have some other big news. Yeah? I'm getting braces. Ooh. Yeah. Have you, did you ever, have you ever had them before or no? I, I have had them before, and um, I had them when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And but I, I I have never been happy with my with my smile, mm-hmm. so um, I went and saw an orthodontist, and um, there so the only way to get what I want true perfection is to get braces. So I'm I'm gonna do it after the first of the year. So in in March I'm gonna have a full mouth of metal. <laughs> yeah, I had all that. I had that when I was younger, and you know my at one point my teeth were straight. And then from drugs and smoking and all the wild nights and everything, they just went to crap. Yeah, yeah. And I got them all pulled, <laughs> most of them. So. Oh, no. Yeah, and they're expensive to get, like, implants in to get them, like, perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you want, like, those perfect pretty white teeth that you see on everybody who's on Oprah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, You know what I mean? Like, they're, like, literally, like, $1,200 a tooth. Yeah, yeah, no, no. These are gonna the what I'm gonna have done. It's gonna cost about six grand. Wow. And insurance, hopefully, will cover some of that. Wow. So I'm waiting for the first of the year for my flex spending account to kick to recharge, and then then I'm gonna go get braces. Yeah. Great. Well, I want to also welcome everybody. We have a couple of new people in the chat room, so I just want to welcome them all. And the guests, if you're listening, you can sign up at Blog Talk Radio as a listener. It's free and you can actually chat in the chat room with everyone else that's going on. Um, or you can just listen as a guest. You know, people do that all the time. So I just want to point that out there. And, you know, tonight we are going to touch on safer sex. And 
you know, did you notice I said safer sex? I didn't say safe sex because, right, because they changed the term now from what I've been researching online is they changed the term because it's really not safe sex. It's safer sex. Yeah, well. (laughs) So they they changed the term now when they speak about it, you know, online and and, in different magazines and stuff and books. So I thought it was kind of interesting that they, they all of a sudden, you know, added the ER into it. You don't sound too thrilled. <laughs> uh, you, you know, it, it's all terminology, I, I, I think. And I think we spend more time trying to classify and reclassify and, 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 and trying to be politically correct. And, you know, it's just, come on. Use a condom when you poke. That's all you have to do. <laughs> it, it's, you know, and, and so... And I know we're going to be talking about it, but but there are ways to make safe or safer sex <laughs> hot, and um, and I think we need to I think we need to touch on that a little bit too, you know exactly. how, to make, um, how to make it sexy and hot. Right, because a lot of people think you know I was saying this before you came on that once you're diagnosed you're not going to be able to have a sexual relationship again. Oh, and, and that is so not that, true, yeah. everybody. So not true. <laughs> well, I have so somebody not. here. I think this may be Scott. I'm not sure, so let's see. Hello, who's this? this? Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi, it's Scott. Hi, Hi Scott. Scott. Hi, Scott. How this is you? Pizza Hut. Would you like a pizza? <laughs> yes, large with pepperoni and mushrooms, please. Pepperoni and mushrooms? <laughs> that Hi, Scott. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. How's everyone doing tonight? Everybody's doing fine, including my three personalities. <laughs> yeah, I, I called Scott up earlier today because I wanted, um, I, I wanted, you know, because Jack was going to call, and so there was going to be three of us, so I wanted to test it out. And Scott's, you know, basically a part of our family at the radio show anyway, because he sits in for, you know, you and Jack or me when we're not available. So it's, you know, I was like, let's give him a call. And he, you work with kids, right, Scott? Absolutely, yes. I work with uh, teenagers. Teenagers that are in the LGBTQ XYZ community, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and it's fantastic. And, uh, you know, uh, like you were just talking about safer sex, um, and I know, Jeremy, you don't like that. but No, uh, no, no, no. I didn't say I didn't like it. I'm just don't like, seem to like it. It's, it's just, I, I, I think it's, just it is what it is it's safe sex is then what's what's the definition of safe sex i i for me safe sex um implies that the sex that you're having is 100% safe of any transmission of anything no risk yeah absolutely zero risk and i don't think that that there is um a hundred percent safe sex, unless it's uh, sex without any touching at all, which could be done. Well, isn't it? I think safe sex, safe sex to me. See, here's here's where we get into the whole thing: is when you have no no fluid exchange. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's touching, there's all kinds of things, but there's no fluid exchange, right? So, right. And then safer sex is, you know, a little bit of fellatio for those of you who don't know what fellatio is that means a blowjob 
Um, um, And and we should probably say that anybody who's listening, this could get a little graphic because of the subject material tonight. So if anybody is under the age of 18 and they wish to cover their ears, um, we – Please do so. We suggest that you do. <laughs> we suggest that you do. Be, and, and do not call and write in and say that we're being foul-mouthed, because we're not. We're actually talking about sex. So so sex is sex is natural, sex is fun, sex is best when it's one-on-one. Oh, I want you. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I had to. I had to do that. But... Um, <laughs> um, but you know, it's that whole idea of of no fluid exchange or safe sex is where you're 100% monogamous. Means that you've never been with anybody ever, 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 except this one person, and you've never been with anybody else, and you're never going to be with anybody else, right? Right. So, and and. And this whole idea of monogamy is, uh, is also is coupled with this whole idea of, of serial monogamy. And I think we all know what that means, right? Where you're with one person, and you're done, and you move on to the next, and you move on to the next. That mean, that's not true monogamy. So, right. So, uh, you know, it's it, it just, you know, it, I, I think sometimes, and this goes back to what I was saying or back to my point, I should say, is I, I think we sometimes get really caught up on trying to quantify it and trying to, you know, label it and, and find the right taxonomy. So it, it's it, 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 it's just, let's just use condoms and, and common sense. There, I said it. Absolutely, I I agree. Um, but the one thing um, is that it doesn't just have to deal with fluid exchange because there's um, different things that you can get just by rubbing up against each other. Um, Besides and friction burn contact, <laughs> <laughs> or things that last longer, like herpes, syphilis. Right. You know what I mean. So yep. there's there's things that you can get without fluid exchange. And that's really important to note because, um, you know, some people might think that um, if there's no penetration or fluid exchange that you've been safe. Um, And then a couple of weeks later you can uh, get a herpes outbreak or or something like that or crabs or, you know, any number of things. Yeah, any number of things could happen, and um, someone could be very surprised at that. So I think um, as much information that we can get out there, um, the better. Because when you're armed with um, as much information as possible, I think then uh, you can make the best decisions that you can for yourself. Okay, let me ask this question. Because... because I think safe sex and safer sex also has a negative connotation to it, right? Um, meaning yes, that yeah. if you weren't safe and you get HIV, that means you were doing something stupid. You were, you know, and it's got that flip side to it. Uh huh. 
that I, I think that we spend so much time about um, – and this is where I get into the taxonomy and the names and, and, and things like that – is that all of a sudden then people get this idea that what you're doing isn't safe, quote-unquote safe, or you were being reckless because you weren't being safe and you were being reckless because you weren't using safer sex techniques. So uh, I, I think that is my whole beef around the semantics. See, my look on it is I kind of like it. I like the fact that it's using safer because it's being more honest about it because people think just because they're using a condom that they're going to be safe from anything. And, but that, and I think... I, I don't think that was my point. I, I think my point is is that if you do get something, um, whether it's HIV, chlamydia, gonorrhea, you know, those drippy, gross ones <laughs> um, that make it burn when you pee, um, but it, it's those things in, in HIV, then you have, when you go in to the doctor or you go talk to somebody, it's almost as if you're being judged at that point. And, and it's like, well, what were you doing to get this? Well, what do you think I was doing? Well, apparently you were being reckless. You weren't, you know, and, and that's where I'm getting, that's kind of where I'm going with all of this. Right. Is that safer sex, and, and safe sex, what, whichever term we decide, you know, whatever term that we're going to use, I, I think that, and, and, and Scott, I agree 100% with you, that we have to go in with, with the information, with, um, with the right information, to make those conscious decisions as we move forward in our sexual relationships. Right. I think, um, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like if it happens and, you know, you could, if a person has um, a sexual encounter, whether it's with someone they know, whether it's with someone they've been with for a long time, a short time, or with someone that they just met or don't know that well, um, a person would need to take ownership over whether they're having safer sex or not and say, you know, I'm making a choice right now. It may be in the heat of the moment um, to, to exchange fluids, to, um, you know, take off my clothes and rub up against somebody. And that is, you know, if, if I were doing that, that's part of the risk that I'm willing to take because it feels good. And, um, and it feels right, and that's what feels right for me. Um, and if I wind up coming down with something, then I've I got to own that. It might feel really bad, um, but it's true what you said. I mean, it, it's my responsibility to take care of myself. And um, if I do something where I wind up getting something that can't be cured, like HIV or herpes, that stays with me uh, for the rest of my life, then that's, that's a risk that I took. If it's something that's curable, 
like scabies or something like that, then you know that's a, that's a risk that I took as well. And um, then I have to decide, well, was it worth it? And uh, did I do what I wanted to do? And why did I make those decisions in the moment? And then I'm better armed with making the decision of whether I'm going to do that behavior the next time. And it also makes you think about, um, you know, because when you do go to the doctor for the first time and you found out that you are either itching like crazy or, or you're breaking out in a rash or you can't explain what you're seeing or you're experiencing, when you go to the doctor, it's very, it, that moment is very embarrassing. Because a lot of men, and, and I, from what I read online, a lot of men wait longer to go to the, to the doctor when something is wrong with them than women. Well, I, I think it's also too. It takes a little bit longer for men to show it up to show, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and there's a couple of physiological reasons for that. One, um, a men's urethra is almost three times as long as a woman's urethra. So when you get like chlamydia or gonorrhea or something, it takes a little bit longer for it to completely um, well, it's kind of a yeast infection, isn't it? It's kind of yeasty like that. So it's this bacterium that that takes a while for it to bubble Longer up. Longer to travel. Exactly, exactly. So in, in we're women, and two, we have an outie. We don't have an innie, boys. So girls have an innie, right? So it's a little bit more moist. It's... Um, there's more skin folds than so there's physiological right um issues that 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 are at play so so you know sorry ladies for all of you ladies who are listening i particularly don't have a vagina i don't really use have the use for one but <laughs> i i i know from my sisters from understanding where my sisters were that you know, there's there's certain things that women go through a lot more than men because of those physiological differences. Because of those, well, it's because vaginas and penises are very very different. Um, but as far as safer sex goes, um, in, in it's it's funny because Scott, you you just you you just touched on something again where it's um, you were talking about it's my responsibility. I think. You're absolutely right. It, it's the individual's responsibility to, to take the precautions for themselves. But also I think, and I, I think it's, where, where am I trying to go with this before I get somebody screaming at me? <laughs> um, okay, this is my opinion. Everybody who's listening, <laughs> Jeremy's opinion, not the opinion of, you know, nobody's paid me for this. Um, <laughs> I do not represent any other third party. Um, but I, I think each person has a personal responsibility to, one, protect themselves, and two, to protect the other person. Because if you have had multiple partners and you haven't always been using safer sex and using condoms 
um, or some sort of barrier, um, like a dental dam or something like that, then you pose a risk to the other person, um, maybe not for HIV, but maybe for something else, like what, like what Scott was alluding to, those skin-to-skin type transmissions um, or, or other, other things, you know, such as chlamydia or gonorrhea or those, thing, those, those drippy, ippy, itchy ones. And, and, I'm, and, I, and I know I'm being kind of funny and I'm, you know, and I'm using funny terms, but it, it's true. Because you might not be showing symptoms today. And let's use syphilis. And, and I want to use syphilis as, as, as probably the greatest example of all. Syphilis is one of those masters of disguise, right? You don't know it's there. You can transmit it just by rubbing up against each other. And it could take a quite a long time for the effects of syphilis to actually show symptomatic. Mm-hmm. And, and let me tell you, syphilis, not a good way to go because it eats your brain, <laughs> quite literally. It eats the nervous system. And if you know, if you remember, well, I don't think any of us remember, but um, <laughs> in our history books, going back and you see, you, you were reading in the 1800s and in the early 1900s when they would say they're going mad with syphilis. It's because the syphilis bacteria would actually eat away the brain and eat away at the nervous system, and people would go insane. Well, I think so, there's a couple. Yeah. There's a couple of things there that I wanted to, to, to touch on um, regarding what you just said. And one of them is I think that it is true that um, when you said everybody needs to protect themselves and uh, protect the other person, and I think that's a great idea and ideal. Um, but I don't necessarily think that that happens in practice all the time. Well, um, neither does stay for sex. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, That's I, mean I, think all of the, I think all of what we're talking about tonight, Scott, is a great idea. Yeah. You know, it, it, and it only works when it works. It only works if they actually put it into practice. Right. So that's why I think that, um, that when a person decides to have a sexual encounter, um, you know, the other person can say, oh, I was checked yesterday and everything is fine, um, but do you believe that person? Um, so that's why, you know, that's why I say each person has to take responsibility for for themselves first and foremost. Um, and and, and Scott, I, I think if you do take care of yourself, you're taking care of that other person. I, mm-hmm. I think it always starts with you, right? Right, right. I mean, if you throw something on and cover that penis of yours, not only are you protecting yourself, but you're protecting that other person. Right. And we yeah, all should I, I definitely, agree. you know, we all should definitely take responsibility for our own sexual health. Like you, I agree with both of you, like you were saying. Um, one of the... Um, one of the things that I thought of is one of the guests that we have coming up later in the end of the month. 
um, the lady Diane Reeve, who was on 2020. Scott, I know you've seen it. Uh, Jeremy, I'm sure you read it. Um, I don't want to talk too much about her story, but she's going to come on. I know her experience um, was something that some people saw as, you know, you could blame her, you could blame him. And, you know, I think when it all comes down to it, it is our own responsibility. And I think I applaud her for her knowing that and coming forward and still, you know, sharing openly about how she was infected and, you know, her own personal story. I think it's very, it's, it's, it's very different. Not everybody, you know, is going to be able to relate to the way that she was infected, but some people may. You know what I mean? Because just because we obviously all were lied to, you know, at one point I was lied to. Somebody told me they weren't, and they were. Right. You know what I mean? But, obviously. But, you know, and in my case, I didn't know I was. Mm-hmm. So, because I didn't want to get tested. Right. You, you know, there's, there's, everybody has their own story about, and, and I know we're not going into talking about, you know, infections, but, or how we were infected, because it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Right. It, it doesn't matter, because I can't change that. And I, I don't think any of us can change that. And so it's we have to we all have to be and 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 I don't want to say adult about it because there are many of us out there who are not adults who are having sex. Right. And those yeah. are the ones, those are the people that need that, that need to take that responsibility and protect themselves, right? I mean, kids are having sex younger and younger. I think the average age for a boy was, what, 14? I can't sure. remember the statistic. Scott, you work with children, how, I mean, or kids. <laughs> <laughs> Teenagers. <laughs> Teenagers. <laughs> you know we're getting old when we're calling them kids. <laughs> exactly, those kids. Those young whippersnappers. That's right. What, so what's what's the statistic of of kids of teenagers having sex? Or well, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the statistic is, um, and and I can't look it up on my computer um, because I'm not near my computer. Oh but, well, then I'll look um, it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but roughly, like from your experience. I mean, I I would say that almost. Uh, I would say probably 90% of teenagers have had some sort of um, sexual encounter. I, I can't say that it's going to be um, penetration for everybody, but um, I think that, yeah, I would say easily 90% of teenagers have had some sort of sexual encounter where something could have been transmitted, whether it is um, kissing or rubbing up against somebody else or, you know, anything beyond that, um, easily, easily. And I think that when I talk to young people about sex and safer sex and um, stuff like that, lots of times they're surprised at how open and candid we can be about talking like that. And there's a lot of nervous laughter and stuff like that when we bring out the dildos and condoms and lube and things like that. Um, And it can be fun and silly and and uh, uncomfortable and embarrassing to talk about stuff like that. But um, 
at the end of the day, it's really important to be able to do that. Um, and even if they, even if they don't remember anything else other than, um, oh my God, I saw a dildo today, <laughs> and 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 I saw how somebody put on a condom the right way. Um, even if they don't remember all of the steps that day, um, it opens up the door for further conversation. And I think that that is super important. Um, just to have that avenue where they can ask questions um, and they know where they can ask questions. I think it's so, so important. And I feel like on the other end, um, another part of it that is so important is just, especially for young LGBTQ people, um, is to somehow show them that they are worth just the same as everybody else and um, that their lives have meaning and that they can grow up and be as successful as anybody else. Because um, one of the huge things, one of the huge barriers to safer sex is that young people grow up and they hear that um, being LGBT is, you know, can be an abomination or uh, not the right way to live or a choice or um, all of these sort of stereotypes that they could hear. And, and then they think, they can think, well, my life isn't really worth it, so why should I use a condom? And why should I engage in safer sex practices? Um, and that's really such a huge thing. If I'm worth it, I'll take steps to protect myself. If I'm worth it, I'll take steps to protect my partners and my community. And uh, I think that's a really important part about changing behavior. And once we can do that and start that at, a, at an early age, um, then hopefully that can change things. And that starts now. Right, and a lot of those conversations, I mean, for me, I personally believe that they should be discussed with, like, you, you should be talking to your kids if you're an adult and you're a parent. Like, you, you should be talking to your kids about sex and condoms so they don't have to find out about everything when they're at the doctor's office and they're, they're getting tested for a disease. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the conversations need to, you can have a conversation about sex with your children who are 13, 14 years old. And I feel okay. like kids, you know, a lot of people, don't, don't you agree? Jeremy, were you going to cut in there? Oh, yeah, I was going to tell you that um, I found, found a, a, a recent study. According to the <laughs> National Youth Risk Behavior Survey, 47.8% as of 2007 high school students have had sex. How much? Okay, fewer than half of all high school students 47.8% of, as of 2007, have had sex. That's down from 54.1% in 1991. Huh. Now, <laughs> and so the is, conversations need to be had. <laughs> yeah, this is reported in on, the New York Times, and um, this is coming from the National Center of Health Statistics. Okay. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm reading. Well, and... you check that out. I I have a caller here. I'm going to bring on. Oh, okay. Okay. Caller, who, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Robert Smalley. 
Hey, Lonnie, um, how are hi. you? Oh, I'm doing real good. Uh, hello. I do a lot of, uh, hello there. How are you doing tonight, guy? Good, <laughs> I good. always forget there's two of you on the radio. <laughs> I was calling in just to talk a little bit because we have our church group as an organization that we uh, take in the youth of, between the ages of probably 10 to about 18 that come to a camp and they're either po- from positive people, parents, or they're that positive herself. And when you really get down and talk about sex, you've got to clarify to to the youth what you are talking about when you say sex. Because what we say, what we consider as sex, they don't. And, you know, and I think that's where we where we run into the problem sometimes when we, we try to reach these kids. Because, I mean, I've, I've had kids come up to me and say, you know, well, I've never had a vaginal, I've taken an alien, I've given, given head jobs, but I've never had sex, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's telling you that me that, you know, they aren't looking at the whole picture, you know. And, and, and I, mean, I think we're all, like you're talking about, and I know that the feeling, what you go through, should you, how how you come around about telling people. I've been with this for a while, so you know me. And, I mean, I'm direct. I, I've always have been. I've always come out. That was a threat. You know, within the first few hours we spoke, you know, it was, I, it was the subject was brought up. And that, you know, before anything went any further, I went to, you know, I'm positive. And, you know, so, you know, anything we do will be done safely, you know, if you still care to. And, you know, but the trouble with it is a lot of, don't you think a lot of times kids are getting infected or younger, or people are getting becoming infected, not just kids, I shouldn't say. I, I should, because you really don't believe it can happen to you. No, I, you I, think that, I, I think that attitude, everybody has that attitude, right? It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it can happen that's what I'm to saying. Me, right? Yeah, it can't happen to me. It won't happen to me. I don't fit in that bracket. And um, I, I, I'm not gay. I'm not an ID drug user. I'm not this. I'm not that. Um, and, and, and it really boils down to if you are having sex, period, <laughs> if you are having sex, and you are having sex with multiple partners, all right? Then you are at risk. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. You know yeah. that. But what I'm yeah. saying is, we you know we've got to get through to the the younger generation, shall we say, what you know, and talk on their level what they're talking about. Because yeah. I right. mean, sex to them is you know is a whole different ball game. And, I mean, it's flaunted in her face, whether you want to face it or not, every day. I mean, watch TV. I mean, and kids are, you know, are out there. And we're all human beings. We all want to be explorer, you know. And that, But at the same time, I mean, when I talk to these kids, and, and most of them are real honest. That's what I give them credit about. I mean, it doesn't bother them to talk about sex. And, you know, and I'll say to them, you know, well, what do you mean that you're still a virgin? Well, I've never, you know, if it's a girl, I've never been, you know, vaginally penetrated. I said, have you ever, you know, any other way been in contact with the uh, male's, you know, organ? And they'll say, well, yeah, I've given the head or I've taken it up the butt before. But, I, you know, I don't have anything to worry about because I'm still a virgin. Right. right. And and here's – and you, you, actually, you actually touched on something right there about the TV. Um, parents – have an obligation to inform their children 
and before anybody beats me up over this, let me finish. (laughs) Parents have an obligation to inform their children about sex. Period. End of story. That's what I feel. However, they kids don't get the information from their parents because their parents are too embarrassed to talk about it. So they look to other kids to get the information, and they also emulate and copy what happens on TV. Let's look at the OC. You know, look at um, 90210 or Friends or all of these other TV shows that they watch. Never once have I ever seen, except maybe Friends, have I seen anybody pull out a condom and get ready to have sex on any of these television shows. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The only one that I can actually give credit to actually doing that, that I know for sure, is uh, Queer as Folk. And that I was, can say that. that was, yeah, but Queer as Folk wasn't network TV. Right. Queer as Folk was on Showtime. Queer oh, you're Folk. saying work. You know, another part, we're all really taking these really beliefs that parents have any knowledge of what we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? I, I have friends of mine that have children that, you know, are, are going into college and some of them kids that are out of college, needless to say. But for the, those people, when I talk to them about being HIV, it was only I could get that. And so there was no reason in talking to their children about it because they knew their children wasn't going to be, be like that. You know, and I mean, it, it comes back to it's still tied to it, it's gay disease. I mean, and people, I mean, it's hard to get, it's hard to get around that. You know, you know, I could tell them name after name, showing people after person after person that's infected, and they're infected for that reason. You know, that not them because you know they're not that kind of people, and I, I think that's what hurts us so bad. You know, I mean, we we got to stand up as people and step up and say, look, I'm just as good as you are. I did nothing wrong. You know, I made a terrible mistake. You know, whether it was that other person should have told you or not, that's past point. That's past the point. You know, it's, a, it's done. You know, what we as a people that are living with this illness has got to step up and make people look at us as who we are, not as the virus. I am not only the fever HIV positive. I am, by that way, positive. But my name is Lonnie LaFever, and that's who I am. The virus does not describe me. Yeah, it, it does not guide me. You know, You're absolutely saying, right. Definitely, yeah. yeah, definitely I mean, right. I didn't, I, mean, I didn't mean to get on a soapbox. I mean, so anyway, I'll get okay. off here, but, you know, it's, I like to hear what you guys are talking about, so keep it up. Thanks, Lonnie. Have a great Thanks, night. Thanks, Lonnie. Thank you. I, I, you know, I think it was so good what he brought up about um, when talking to young people and other people about what is the definition of sex when we talk about it. Um, I'm sitting here in a hotel room in Washington, D.C. for the National Equality March. And, How was it? Um, it was great. It was amazing. Um, and I'm drinking out of my Paz I Am radio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> water bottle? Uh, yeah, my water bottle here. I, I got it all going on. Um, but, you know, <laughs> down here in Washington, uh, <laughs> it seems like half of the adults working in, the, um, in politics don't even know what you know, sex is, or their definition of sex is completely different than maybe what I think it would be. Um, oh, sorry, you know, are, you, are, are you kidding? They're all doing 
exactly <laughs> what we're trying to tell people not to do. And that's it, right. It, you know, it, oh, and God, then they get and so then they get they get caught in the, these web of lies. And so I think that when people are you know, whether they're watching the OC or Queer as Folk or watching the news, <laughs> they're getting all of this information, um, you know, from fictional characters as well as, uh, you know, people that are making decisions about their lives and their rights, um, doing all this stuff that is really, you know, not cool. Like, they're not making good decisions, and uh, yet they are making decisions about the rest of us and our lives and and what we can do and what choices we have and also um, what kind of care we can get if we wind up being HIV positive. And, uh, you know, that's it's such a um, hypocritical way to be and, and so kind of gross and, and nasty. And But anyway, I, I do think that when we talk to other people about sex, we do need to be clear about what we are talking about and, and what sex means. Um, that, that's a huge and important thing. So I'm so glad that um, the caller brought that up before. Yeah, one of the, um, one of the articles that I read in one of, um, one of the HIV magazines that I received, it said, uh, had a statement about CVS locking up condoms, um, you yeah. know, in African-American neighborhoods and putting it behind, I think, the counter or stuff like that. And I'd like to hear, what, what do you think of, about that, the, like the distribution of condoms? I, okay, I, I have a firsthand account. Okay. My apartment is right next to a CVS. My CVS actually does indeed lock up the condoms because of a high theft rate. Now, mm-hmm. I would rather have somebody stealing condoms than anything else. Sorry, but if they're going to steal something, steal the condom. They, they'll actually, you know, get a decent use out of it. Now right. they make it very difficult for somebody to get. You have to walk up to somebody and say, can I get into the cabinet over here? Well, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Because there's two locked-up cabinets. There's one for electronics and there's one for condoms. So we have to go in and ask to have the condom counter unlocked, and yes, it, we have a high, ap- I should say this, we, sh- we have a high, poor, African-American neighborhood just a few blocks away. So it, it, they are doing it. Yeah, definitely. They absolutely are doing it. And we can walk over here to get – I can show you where they're getting them. Or, or I, can, I can take pictures and say, look, look at what they're doing. They're, but and, – and when – and I read that same um, article, I think it was in mm-hmm. Pause Magazine. And um, the spokesman from CVS said that, well, we also have, you know, the less expensive condoms, blah, blah, blah. I still can't find any condoms that are not locked up over here. Right. right. I, I think that that is the most irresponsible thing that any corporation can do. I, I just don't get it. Um, it how, I mean, how many, 
how much money could they possibly lose in um, condom theft? It's just, and, and it's condoms, just ridiculous. Well, and, and here's the other thing. <laughs> in the same aisle, I, I have to tell you, in the same aisle, <laughs> they have the condoms that are locked up. They have then right next to it, they have a teenage drug testing kit and a home HIV test kit hmm. that you can that that you can. I mean, it's right there. Yeah, on the same aisle. So I, I, they're sending mixed messages, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I I don't I don't get it. Um, it's not it's not fair to anybody, and it's. Hello. Hello. Wow, what was that? <laughs> that was scary. What is it? I don't know, but it's scary. <laughs> that is freaky. Um, so, yeah, they shouldn't be locked up. But definitely we um, lost Scott on that call somewhere. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was... Um, Scott, call back. The lack there are of distribution of condoms in prisons. You know, obviously they're not supposed to be having sex in prison, but we all know that sex is going on inside of prisons. Um, what do you guys feel about the distribution of condoms in prisons? Do you think they oh, should be? Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I think we should be distributing condoms in prisons. I think Definitely. we should be testing our, 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 our inmates. I, I think that we should be treating our inmates. Um, I... I you know, I, I, I'm a strong supporter of, of condom distribution in, in prisons. Absolutely, me too. You know, um, and if you want to, we want to go one step further, I think we also, not just condoms, but I think we also need a government, a federally funded a clean needle exchange program to go out to, um, you know, especially to, some place where where people can get access to them, and at the same time, not just needle exchanges, but also condom distribution. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we were able to get this stuff out and, and into people's hands, man, you know, instead of locking people up for drug use, let, let's get them the... You know, oh, God, you, I can go on and on and on. We only okay. have 10 minutes left. What do you think about distribution in high schools? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I agree, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I uh, think and of course, be great to, to be able to have that there and then also to be able to um, have someone there to talk about safer sex and what that means and how to actually use a condom. I mean, there can be condom distribution anywhere, but if you're not using a condom properly, then uh, it's not as effective as it could be. And it could seem really obvious how to use a condom, but um, there is a proper way to use one and dispose of one. And um, if you're not taking those proper steps, then um, I'm not saying it's completely not worth it. Um, definitely use a condom, but also uh, 
you need to learn how to properly use a condom because that. Would you like when, to teach our audience how to use one? <laughs> I don't have my notes in front of me, <laughs> so I don't want to give any. Um, any but, I mean, some important things to remember when using a condom are to check the expiration date, to feel the package to make it make sure it feels like a pillow, like there's air in it. Because if there isn't air in it, uh, isn't is air in the package, then that might mean that there's a hole in the package, and then the condom is. Uh, might not be effective. Um, then you should slide the condom inside the package down away from where you're ripping open the package. Don't rip open the package with your teeth. Um, it might be really sexy in the movies, but it's not <laughs> sexy if you rip the condom with your teeth as well. Um, and then when you are unrolling or sort of starting to unroll the condom, don't put your finger in it to sort of start that rolling down process because if you have a hangnail or if your nail is a little bit rough, uh, it could put a hole in the condom, which is also not a good thing. Um, so you can, you can blow it a little bit to get the, the tip sort of started and know which way is the right way to roll it down the shaft. Leave a little um, space at the top to catch any ejaculate. And you're supposed to pinch it, right? Yeah, pinch it. Uh huh. So that there's um, room for ejaculate, and then. And what is ejaculate, Scott? Let's let's use real terms. It, it's um, sperm. It's sperm, sperm, and seminal fluid. Semen. Yeah. In other semen. words, it's come, everybody. You're going to come <laughs> into this thing. Right. And <laughs> then you <laughs> you roll it down. Um, your penis all the way down the shaft as far as it goes, and then you can have sex, whatever kind of sex. Um, if you are having vaginal sex and then anal sex or sex with multiple partners, um, then you need to change that. It may not be comfortable or practical or cost-effective, but um, anytime you're penetrating a different orifice or person, you need to put on a new condom. Because if you don't, you could be transferring something from one place to another or one person to another. And you can also put condoms on sex toys. Then when you ejaculate and the semen, seminal fluid, sperm is in the condom, take it off when you're still hard. Tie it in a knot so that uh, all of the liquid is still in it. Um, and then throw it in the trash, not the toilet bowl, because it could come up later if you put it in the toilet bowl. Does that make sense, everybody? Yeah, makes sense to me. That's right. how you do hey, it. By, by the way, I just wa I, I want to share something with everybody. Um, I, I won a, cost, a condom rolling contest with my mouth once. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> Woohoo! But oh, I, hey, there's also a book out, and um, it's called Safer Sexy. It's a it's an awesome book because we've been talking so much about safer sex, and 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 I'm going to spend a couple minutes because I know we're down to our last five about making safer sex really hot, condoms really hot. So um, make you know you know there's this great book. 
Safe or Sexy. You can find it on Amazon, I'm sure, or or look it up on the Internet. And um, it, it goes through and it talks about what fun you can do, and it has pictures of men having sex with with condoms and what you can do to make it really hot. And, um, and you know, I, I, my favorite one, I think, was Suck a Fruit was was the title of the of the picture of the picture and it was um and it talks about using yogurt like some fruit yogurt plop it on there and then lick it off and then have fun so i mean there's there's a lot of things you can do that make it really really hot so <laughs> because because we all too i i think we always get hung up on that condoms aren't sexy they don't feel good they you know then make it hot and sexy and feel good absolutely you know you, you pull it out you lube it up oh and 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 i also want to um want to want to comment on one other thing that scott said is that to make condoms a little bit more enjoyable throw a little lube in the tip yeah inside because that will help keep the friction from you know building up and it will help keeping from keeping the uh the condom from fatiguing so um also always use water-based lubricants for latex condoms yeah never ever 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 never use an oil-based lube um uh with um with, with condoms, with a latex condom, and if you want to prevent prevent HIV, you always use latex condoms and never sheepskin. Right. Don't use any natural natural skin um, condoms because HIV can pass through them. But they're effective at preventing pregnancy, but not HIV transmission. And if uh, there are people that are allergic to latex, and in that case, you can use polyurethane condoms. They cost a little bit more, but you can get them wherever you can get condoms, um, and they are a safe and effective method as well. Right, and I also want to – we're winding down to the last two minutes. Sorry, Scott. Um, And I just want to get some of these announcements out really quick um, before we uh, head off here. I just want to remind everybody, next Sunday we will be sitting with Dan Hart, who uh, does a one-man show in New York called um, My AIDS. So he's going to come on and speak about, um, you know, his show and how he dealt with uh, going through his diagnosis and things of that nature. So always interesting. I just want to remind people that uh, we just opened up a POSIM store where you can purchase merchandise, uh, like a really cool water bottle or a shirt for your dog or maybe just a T-shirt for your own, you know, walk that's coming up. And you can find that at Cafe Press backslash POSIM or you could just go to uh, the Pause I Am Network and find information there. Um, Scott, I want to thank you for... Fabulous. (laughs) Thanks, Scott Kramer, for sitting in while he's in D.C. Um, It was very uh, informative, Scott, and I appreciate that you sat in with us. Um, And people can find you where, Scott? Uh, People can find me on the Pause I Am community website. Um, Friend me, and if you have any questions about Safer Sex, please ask. There you go, and you can find more information on all of us at POSIM uh, community at POSIM.com and more information on Jeremy and his blog at PositivelySpeak.com. Jeremy Scott, it was a great night. 
I'm off to watch Desperate Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bed because it's 10 o'clock and I will turn into a pumpkin, so. Aw. Aw. All right, everybody. Have a great well, night. Have a good have a night, great, everybody. positive and safe sex-filled week. That's right. That's and, right. And also, one other thing, don't forget to call your elected officials um, to talk about extending the Ryan White funding before the deadline on October 31st. Yeah. There you go. Have a good night, everyone. So good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye.